If you haven't done so yet, please give us a call at 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T with your listener request month picks. We need your name, where you're calling from, and the movie you'd like to see us cover. You have until April 16th, so 11.59.59 on April 15th, East Coast time. Get those calls in. Tell us what you'd like to hear us cover. We are programming the show based on what you suggest this May. So get those calls in, 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is a man who knows to never, ever use a wire hanger, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. You might have, spoiler, you might have just taken my thing. So oh, really? we might have to, I don't know if it really matters, uh, but I don't, I don't think it really matters, but, uh, we can, we can, we can, we'll just do, we'll just have it be the same. That's fine. It is the iconic, I've, I had never seen this movie before and I still, I think I said this on the podcast, but I still, when I hang up clothes, cause I hang up my t-shirts cause I don't want them to shrink. Uh, so I don't. Uh, put them in the dryer. I hang them up on hangers, and because I'm going to fold them in like a day, I put them on a wire hanger. I try not to use wire hangers for my real stuff, but for that, I'm like, yeah, who cares? Uh, and I think about it every almost every time that I do it, despite the fact that I had never seen this movie. Yeah, it's one of those and things. I barely, I barely even know who Joan Crawford is. Really? To be quite honest with you, yeah, I was looking at her IMDb, and I was like, I have seen zero of these things. Fascinating. Not one. Sh- have you? Yeah. I mean. Like what movies of yours or hers or TV of hers that have you seen? Um, so I've seen whatever happened to Baby Jane. I really like that. It's okay. it's far too long, but I really okay. enjoy that. Um, and now I'm blanking on the other things of hers that I've seen. Okay. Uh, and yeah, then I there was I... the Ryan Murphy show a few years ago. Right, but she wasn't in. No, she, she was, was not. That was about. It was her about her. Ben Davis. Yeah. Okay. But she was like, she was literally the biggest movie star. I know of Joan Crawford because I'm a little weirdo who knows like way too much about old Hollywood because we went to Universal Studios and MGM in Florida as children mm-hmm. and it like turned us into like I was like oh yes you know the 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 Busby Berkeley musical all ten year old boys know everything about this Footlighters um, Parade yeah exactly um, so I know of her like being a very famous person if you show me a picture i would be like yeah i could probably put it together that was joan crawford certainly i could now having seen this but i think i probably could have as well before but yeah i just i was like i've seen none of these movies i know the title whatever happened to baby jane but i don't like i couldn't tell you what it's about i don't really this idea no yeah not a highly recommend it it's on hbo max right now as part of their like tcm collection I'm I'm really actually one of my goals for this year that I have been woefully slacking on is I'm really bad before 1919 19, really honestly before the 80s but like before 1975 is like a ghost town in terms of movies that I've That's seen. fair. I mean generally for me too. Yeah, I mean most people don't go that far back from when they were born. I think it's like as you know, older people now you you meet a you know a, a fifteen or twenty year old who's like a movie fan. And they're like, oh, I just heard of this un- underseen, uh, unheard of gem, Goodfellas, and I'm like, what? <laughs> or you're like, what's an old like movie. name an old scary movie? And they're like, Scream, and you're like, get out of my yeah. house. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you know, I don't go that far back from when I was born, so it's unreasonable to expect other people to do that. But I. As somebody who likes movies, like I, I always try to get one real old horror movie in the mix because I watch a lot of horror in October. You're talking like a like a Wolfman or a Dracula or like those have certainly been titles. Yeah, this year I did Freaks, the Todd. Oh, the 1920s one. 
Yeah, it's it's either 1920s or 19. It might be 1932, but it's in that same era. Um, a few years ago, the the Revival Theater in Baltimore did a screening of the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, oh, cool. which is a silent German horror movie, and it was like it was like a 10 a.m. screening, and I was like, "This is gonna cost seven. This cost seven dollars. It's gonna be neat to see it." And I will have the discipline of not looking at my phone <laughs> because I'm in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. So let me go do that. And I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, yeah. but I definitely think if I tried to watch it at home, I'd have been like, and then okay, I Tim Burton, yeah, yeah. you can see how Tim Burton did that. and was like, what if I did only this yeah, yeah. forever and got bad at it? <laughs> but yeah, so I, I always try to mix in at least one like older, you know, before 1970, which is not that old, but you know what I mean, relatively speaking. Um, I try to mix that in at the hard time. So I've been trying to do that more this year and have been not doing a great job of it, but I'm trying to trying to do that this year. Well, I, I do I do recommend whatever happened to Baby Jane. Um it's too it is too long, I will like admittedly. Much much like much of this movie, it's too long, but it is like the the performances are incredible and the and the just everything about it is so fascinating. Uh, I don't know, I just I like that movie a lot. All right. Well, uh, we are in the beginning stages of uh, Andrew programs the show in the month of April, known by its very easy to remember and pronounce uh, title, Absit Moa. And we watched Mommy Dearest. So you know what that means. We got to go back. We got to go dissect the 80s. It's your wire hangers. Someone's going to match your wire hangers. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega powers, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So, this was one of those movies where you you bring something to the table, and I don't know anything about it, and I assume that it has some like massive reputation in gay culture, yes. and I'm gonna be the, the, the straight guy who's like, I don't get it! Um, and so that's exactly what this is. So just if you hate that kind of episode, you're going to be in for a treat. It's more educational uh, than anything yeah. we can say. So if you are a person who doesn't quite get Mommy Dearest, but you are open to the possibility, stick around. Yeah. So so I was doing some research while watching this because I was like, like, OK, in the abstract, right? Like Faye Dunham, the only note from this director whose name I never looked up. Frank Perry. I feel stupid about now. Thank you. The only, clearly, the only thing Frank Perry knew how to say. I, I imagine Frank Perry as the the woman who gives the curse in thinner. Just <laughs> like you know, the guy you know does, does something evil to her, and she's the you know, thin air, and she you know curses him. I imagine that Frank Perry was just saying big air, big air at every turn, and it was just like whenever Faye Dunaway did a thing, he was like, "That's great, that's great." But two hundred percent more, and then and then they would do that take, and he'd be like, "Wonderful, wonderful." But now try four hundred percent more because Faye Dunaway is like, I mean, it's unbelievable the level she's operating. Do at. you want to hear something very fun? Sure. Every single person working on this movie at the time of filming earnestly, truly, honestly thought this was a contender for the Oscars for best performance, best picture genuinely thought that they were making something like that so here's here's my question having just admitted to having never seen a joan Joan crawford a joan crawford movie is is this right 
Is this accurate? No. Like, is this how she did her movie performance? No. No, it's not. Okay. So okay. Th- this movie has so much going on in it that like yeah. so many layers to this because Joan Crawford, like I said, was the biggest movie star. She was not the best actress. I will acknowledge that. Right. But she was the biggest movie star because she wanted to be. So she was like the most... Yeah. What did someone someone describe as the most devout student of stardom? Like her okay. name was given to her in a contest because all stars had to have a, make up a new name, and she was right. like, "I'm right. going to let people pick so that they will." Everything was about how do I like assimilate into this and become something bigger, and so yeah. everything was very calculated and manicured and and sort of facaded, which is why this movie is fa- is like hilarious that like Joan Crawford very obviously hid a lot of her private life like she wrote a book about like fine dining and like hosting because that was she was known as like oh i'm you know the host and the queen of pepsi cola and then hollywood made a movie about all the shitty stuff behind the scenes that she had worked very hard to hide away from everything and and also this is based on a book yes tina crawford or i don't know if she goes by christina or tina but she they switch back and forth in the movie but christina crawford wrote this book about how horrible her childhood was as the adopted kid of uh joan crawford and it came out right after she died yes so she had been like sort of writing it as with her friend like her just like as a thing the story goes allegedly that she was just kind of like writing it personally as a cathartic exercise but her mother and her had been sort of reconciling in there as she's like, I'm an adult now. Like you're my mother, like whatever. And like, we're on speaking terms and we're, you know, hanging out and all of these mm-hmm. things. And she was like, Oh, I guess, you know, we're moving past this. I guess I quote, I forgive you as much as a person can in this instance. Right. And then Joan Crawford dies. And in her will, like in the movie, she says, I am explicitly leaving out my son, Christopher, and daughter, Christina, for reasons that are known to them. And she was like, well, what the actual fuck? Because I thought we were, I thought we were cool, buddy. So she finishes this book and she publishes it. Yeah. Uh, And then it becomes this movie. And the the movie is basically just sections of the book, just almost word for word dictated into the, into film, basically. Kind of. Well, I'm saying there's like a bunch, like a bunch of the everything, and it might just be because the movie has this reputation, but like everything on the book's Wikipedia page is explicitly in this movie. Yeah, so there there are things that are wrong and weird, and Christina Crawford, like she's like this movie, she understands it as a camp classic now, but at the time she was like this, if this that wasn't my mom, like that wasn't Joan Crawford, that wasn't what happened, like they really fucked this up. Um. And it's crazy because this script went through like a hundred revisions because originally Franco Zeffirelli was supposed to direct it with Anne Bancroft as Joan Crawford, which like, that's a very different film. That's a very different film. Yeah, it would be. And like one script opened with Louis B. Mayer like groping Joan Crawford and being like, this is your new name, toots, which would have been a very, that version of the movie is very fascinating. But it just kept getting muddled and muddled and muddled until these people thought they were making a movie about the horrors of child abuse and like the effect of Hollywood on women. And then they were describing the movie as like glamorous and, and elegant and beautiful. And it's like, you, 
it's very difficult to make those two. That's not the same <laughs> yes. movie. It's hard to make that movie. Right. right. Yeah. And so it's like, I was observing this movie, obviously, like I know of it only by reputation, you know, where you're watching it and it's like, the colors are, it's almost Busby Berkeley-esque in it's like color and lighting, honestly. It's, like it's, It feels it's old Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. And, you know, the beautiful gown she's always wearing, the clothes are all very the nice. sets. It's, it's, yeah, it's all lit very brightly, like everything is kind of a wonderland. And it's like, you can make the movie where everything is wonderland and it hides this dark exterior, but you need to make that the movie. And instead, this is like really brutal scenes of child abuse also really lit and scored and undertaken as if it were a Busby Berkeley musical. And so I get, I get how you can laugh at this. I really do. But for me, I kept thinking like, but it's, it's real though. Like this really happened to this girl. And I just felt so sad for her all the time that like, I couldn't laugh in the way that I get how people laugh at it. Like I, this is not a judgment thing. I was just like, you know, the, the first one in particular, like when she's chopping her hair off, it's like objectively, I get how that's funny. I totally do. It's, it's silly. Like it's, it's insane. Yeah. Like the way she's playing it, the lighting, the performances from both uh, Tina and Joan. Go ahead. Well, it's funny because like it's Faye Dunaway is like the craziest and the cinematography doesn't help because there's so many of these like, long dead air shots of just her staring down the barrel of the camera, which allegedly Faye Dunaway ordered to happen. She was like, I will be, the camera will face me at all times. Like other women are going to be in profile and out of focus. It's going to be on me. I mean, it makes, yeah, it makes sense if you're channeling, you know, Joan Crawford and any, if any of this is true, that feels accurate. Yeah. But so like the scene is, it's, Tina in the mirror pretending to be her mom accepting an award and it's a very like sweet little moment but yeah she is is lingering in the background and Mm -hmm. they let this poor little girl go on so long just repeating herself of like my adoring fans as she like slinks up behind her like she's a bond villain yeah she not like a bond villain like michael fucking myers but i mean like it's this it's this her villainry in this movie, because I think we have to, you have to separate this. Like this movie is Joan Crawford, the character in this, right. uh, as she appears in the movie, mommy right. dearest versus Joan right. Crawford, the person. Um, I'm yeah. sure there's overlap, but like this version is high camp version is like yeah. a bond villain. Agreed entirely. I just, I, it was just like, I was reading the Wikipedia and it was like several of the scenes in the book were just like right into the thing. Like she didn't mention the hair in the book, but like the wire hangers thing they mentioned, the the roses. So I was just like, oh man, I just felt so sad for this kid the whole time. And the brother, it's like, yeah. So I I get it. I totally understand how you could laugh at this movie. A hundred million percent. I just personally wasn't. And it was just like, oh, this is a slog. Could I have warned you in a way to like prepare you for that? No, I don't think so. Because... Like I said, it's just, it's, if you were to make this, I don't know, first of all, you would never make this movie. It wasn't based on real people. Like it would be ludicrous. It just, it would be insane. So that's obviously not it. Or you would and it would be really obvious Oscar bait. Yeah. I I get the, the room quality to this 1 million percent. It was just like, the room is insane and no one was harmed in the making of the picture. And in this one, I'm like, well, both of these kids seem pretty harmed by the by their lives that are depicted. And probably the actors, other actors by Joe, by Faye Dunaway. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. So I was just like, oh man, like what a bummer. <laughs> I'm just this poor girl, like weeping, like I can't go to school like this. I was like, yeah, this sucks. This is really a bummer. <laughs> um, anyway, we should, we should progress through and, and do our normal thing, but that's, that's where I'm coming from in this. I did, I did find moments of, of joy here, but, uh, I cannot believe this movie is too, it's too long. long. BT dumps. And, and I think, I honestly think if you were to take out a lot of those like dead air, let me slowly walk oh, yeah. towards the camera moments. Yeah. It's probably an hour 45. Yeah. And the other thing too is she's always lit with that like eye the, um, light over the eyes. The Morticia Adams lighting. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like uh, almost as if uh, <laughs> you had a Ninja Turtles eye band out of light. Or um, you're. it's about to cut into like a Kill Bill style eye moment. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be a fun edit. Yeah. <laughs> she sees the wire hanger and then <laughs> yeah 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 that's basically what this movie does over and over again like you watch you watch her you know have an absolute freak out um speaking of we start with an opening montage that's her getting ready and like pouring boiling water on herself and scrubbing herself till she's raw because joan crawford was fastidious about her appearance because that was the most important yeah. thing to her and so she was crazy yeah. the like bands on your face when you sleep to like keep you everything where it's supposed to be i will say i love the bathroom fridge because in feud she has vodka in there and i just like that's a goal for oh. me the, the bathroom fridge <laughs> you need vodka in the bathroom. it's just no i love the idea i love the idea of that <laughs> you're describing being an alcoholic no 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 no. <laughs> i'm not saying i i need vodka in the bathroom every day the idea that you're like getting ready for the night and you're like i'm gonna have a drink here and like you can because you have this like giant elegant bathroom with a fridge in it i think that's very old glamour I get it. Yes. I would also say maybe bring the drink from the bar and and do it that way yeah. when you have the big bathroom. But if you're if you're old glamour, then you don't ha- then you can have a drink. You can make your drink anywhere. There's bar the world is your bar when you're a, a 40s movie star. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get, I understand the the bit. I'm just saying <laughs> that is 100% the behavior of an alcoholic person. <laughs> also, in the I, 40s, I, everyone was an alcoholic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was just called true. being a human. Yeah, yeah. Um, the shower the, is also great. It's probably a thousand gallons per second, but I love oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the whole this whole bit sets up Joan Crawford really well. The character in the movie version of Joan Crawford, at least, she's like cleaning up after the maid. She's she's moving things. And Waking up at four a.m. to get ready for yeah. her day. Right, right. Which is just to like go visit with a studio exec. It's not like she. No, she was you know, she was filming. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm okay, but she wasn't like when you talk like now when you talk about an actor like oh they got up at three a.m. It's like because they have to have nine pounds of monster makeup put on. This was her like I have to put this. She had to get ready first so that she could go to the studio and get glamoured and have other makeup put on. Yeah, she really does look spot Uh, on like Joan Crawford. She does. Yeah, it's it is. She does look. She does look just like her. And like I said, like uh, Faye Dunaway, her performance is insane in this movie, but it's obviously what they wanted her to do. You know what I mean? It was like, this is not an accident. (laughs) This was an intentional choice by either her, the director, some combination thereof. So I think it's a combination of like a director who doesn't know how to rein someone in. Right. And like for a while, cause forever Faye Dunaway refused to talk about this movie. Like if it came up in an interview, Mm -hmm. she would walk. 
Right. Um, Because she she thinks, like, to her, the word camp is, like, an insult. And it's like, no, girl, camp is, it's own thing. Like, camp can be good. Yeah. And so she blamed the director a lot. And I'm like, you you also have to, like, you can blame him for not stoking the fire well, but you put a lot of, a lot of logs on that fire, lady. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you built a towering inferno and you gave him a water pistol. It was like, well, what do you want him to do with it? Yeah. You know, it's... I, I also really love uh, Carol Ann, who plays her assistant throughout this whole thing, is sort of a composite character from a lot of assistants and secretaries that uh, maids Joan Crawford had. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the maid is different than the assistant, I think, in terms of the thing. But I'm sure there's some a little bit of that as well. But the the, the same actress plays Carol Ann, the assistant throughout the run of this. But there's an incredible bit here where her her bow arrives and there's like this long kind of side eye look from the, the assistant that I guffawed at. It was a nice little piece of tiny acting. That actress released a book about how awful it was filming with Faye Dunaway. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, it's called. The, I can imagine. It's called like the Carol Ann Diaries or something. Oh wow! It's. <laughs> I, I honestly, I'm surprised the publisher didn't call it Faye Dearest. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah, I could see her being a nightmare to work with us in this because this seems like one of the like I'm channeling Joan at all times. This is this is what I'm bringing. Allegedly, she got herself made up as Joan Crawford and just showed up on the director's doorstep to like campaign for the role. So. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. if you thought yeah. Jared Leto was shitty, just imagine. <laughs> well, I imagine nobody got a dead rat from Faye Dunaway or a used condom, I would assume. No, instead, uh, an actress said, I won't go near her because I just got out of the hospital with a back problem a month ago. So, physical harm versus mental emotional harm. Did she beat somebody up on the set? So the scene where she's choking out Christi- adult Christina and then Carol yeah, Ann yeah, runs yeah. over to pull her off. Barbara was yeah. supposed to do that. And she saw how intense uh, Faye was going. and was like, no, like, absolutely not. I'm not getting involved in this. Because Barbara gets in there like Can, very half-assedly. She's, stan- she's just kind of there. She's the, the fourth yeah, yeah, person. Yeah. Like if, if one dude's climbing a ladder and there's four people, she's the fourth person to be like, yeah, my hands are here. But like. I'm not, I don't have a lot of support for you on this ladder. Right. And if you fall, I'm not going to catch you. I just like, I'm going to go, ah! Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we go to Christmas at St. Jude's and it's very obvious that Jude, uh, Joan wants a baby. And, you know, we, we're, we're, uh, the, the, the other, be- the other issue with this movie as a movie, which like, you know, there are many, but uh, it's, it's one of those movies. We talk about this a lot. It's just a collection of scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like you, you go A, B, C, D, E, all the way through the alphabet. And it's just like, there's very little connecting scene A to B and so on and so forth. And so it's like, you know, the, the man comes over and they like talk and the, clearly they're going to have sex. And then it's like, whoom, it's at St. Jude's and we're giving toys to children and we're smiling at children. And there's like a lot of press and snap, 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 snap. And it's like, ah, obviously June wants a baby. Wham, we're at the adoption agency and the adoption's like, they're like, absolutely not. You are completely unqualified to have a child. Wham. Now all of a sudden, like, here's a baby, Joe, and I pulled some strings. Wait, what? How did that? They bought a baby. How did he pull some strings? Is that what it is? Yeah, they bought a baby. From like a destitute person or an orphanage? You know the story? I don't, but I, 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 okay. I know that it was like, they can't come through the legal channels because the, wow. all the agencies were like, no. Which is crazy that like someone that rich still can't just like buy their way into things. 
<laughs> well, she did. But but <laughs> I mean, like, happens. you would think that the orphanages would just be like, yeah, I guess for $5 million, you can walk out of here with a kid. <laughs> I don't know, man. I have some friends who are in this, or in the process of trying to do that. And it is, a re- I know it's 2022 and not 19, whatever it was, but it is really intense to adopt children. Well, it is also, really, really no intense. offense to your friends, I don't think they're the world's largest movie stars. <laughs> no, <laughs> with that's a true. lot of that's money. That's that true. like that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That like the world's biggest movie star with a huge pile of like she could walk in with a Santa like a Santa sack full of dollar bills and be like, here's here's a blank check. Give me a baby. Right. Yeah. 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 You're not wrong. Um, certainly at that time too, the rich people had the power in a big bad way. So it is. It is. Shocking that she had to go through these side channels. But the movie doesn't talk about that at all. There's not like any part of it that's like, oh, okay, I'll, I got you. And it's just like, no, I pulled some strings. Here's a child. Oh, uh, a couple days later, here's another child. Now you got two. Like, what? A few years later. A couple scenes later okay. is what I meant to say. I said days. Yes. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, obviously not back to back. I also love, uh, there's obviously a lot of media at this birthday, but I think, is it all media or is some of this like the home movies for Joan and the baby that she's got like a, this mini carnival and someone to film it? I think some of it's for, I think it's both because I mean, Christina Crawford on record has always said like, Joan adopted me for publicity, period. Oh, for and sure. then, yeah. And, and then also in the same interview was like, look at Madonna, look at Angelina Jolie. And the interviewer was like, um, what? And she was like, she's like, you think they're holding press conferences for the children, yeah. buddy? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Although did, did Angelina Jolie hold press I don't think she I don't did. remember that. It always seemed like I mean, very much just like has... the a paparazzi was just like, there's another kid. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I don't know. Madonna, I would believe I did. Re- yeah, I honestly didn't know Madonna had children. That uh, eluded my my brain, which is full of useless information, but not that particular bit of useless. Not shocking to me. I just didn't know it. So <laughs> there's also inexplicably like four soldiers drinking. Coke I love it. At this part, no, it's not. It, it's I know like, it would be Coke because she wasn't Pepsi yet. It is Coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a hundred. They're the iconic Coke bottle shape. It's not like label out or anything, but like 1 million percent they're Coke goals. And I'm just like, why are these servicemen here? Is she, is she doing the servicemen? Is that part of it? Probably. Like, very I mean, probably. Yeah. But they're very handsome. They're very handsome dudes. But also like, it could just it. be like, Hey, you're on leave. Come spend time with a celebrity. Yeah. 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 She's like getting interviewed with the soldiers as part of it. Yeah. And she and Christina are in matching dresses. Yes, and then... I uh, love this. Like, this is one of several moments that I just, like, always think about. Because Christina... Like, they're going to take her their picture together. Christina goes, I have a grass stain. And Joan, uncharacteristically, goes, oh, that'll never show. And the photographer goes, actually, Miss Crawford, it might show. And then it cuts to Joan in this look of, like, I could rip yeah. the skin from your face. Yes, yes. But also, like, I, th- this is one of the head scratchers for me because I was like... If it did show, you would be so mad. <laughs> you would kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing you a favor. Well, it's it, yeah, it's like, I don't know where the anger is supposed to be directed at. Is it at him? Is it at Christina? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Because it's a bad movie, you don't get that information. Yeah. Uh, at this point, also, she talks about like, oh, I must have a second baby. This, she, this must. She has must. Christopher now as well. That Oh, that's right. That's right. Because in a second, we see Christopher. Yeah. So. 
we go upstairs. The party's over. Christina's got uh, her presents and she's picking and she's got this doll. And she's like, is that your favorite? Because you have to donate all the rest. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening here now? Yeah, like, it, that, it's fucking monster. Yeah. Well, it's it's like <laughs> it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, there are like you see the pile of presents and it is like a normal child's birthday party number. The shock, Shockingly. You would think it, yeah, it's, like, it's like a Scrooge McDuck situation. Right. Like she's got like six, maybe. It's not like there's 50 presents here in a big pile. It's like, yeah, if all of her friends brought her a little toy, that seems like about right. You know, there's like a dozen kids at this party. Yeah. Like, there, at one point you see a table with many presents. But when, when we see the aftermath, there are not many presents. So it's just like, oh, OK, this is like if you choose one of three and you have to get rid of the rest. She doesn't want to spoil her kids. Right. Uh, so so I think this guy's name is Greg. Greg. Is the actor Greg. Greg. It's Greg. He's like the, the man, the, the, the man friend for the beginning chunk of the movie. Yeah. Um, he he gives a uh, bracelet to Tina and they, they have to literally negotiate for her to be able to keep it right in front of her. Well, which is like, oh, this is good. Because Tina says, I love it, but I've already picked the present I get to keep, which like you don't know if Tina's like aware yet, but like teenage yeah, Tina yeah. would have fully done this on purpose. To, like, force her mom into yes. this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so he's... Well, teenage Tina... Teenage Tina is a person who has deep psychological <laughs> yes, and has, like, learned to adjust to live in a world with a, a narcissistic sociopath. So, like, yeah, <laughs> teenage Tina has some coping mechanisms she's developed. Yes. But she's, yeah, t- uh, young Tina just says, like, oh, I've already picked the present I'm keeping, so I can't keep this bracelet. And he's like, well, I... And then someone was like, I spent a lot of money on this, so I'm going to take it back until you don't have to do yeah. that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Of like, uh, no. How this about bracelet was that? a house payment, so. Yes. Yeah. We're not giving it to the other orphans, Joan. Uh, so they're outside swimming. And this is this scene is so insane. This is like <laughs> pants on head crazy. <laughs> I mean, many I was like, are, but this one <laughs> I was like, girl, how many? This is not the only one. I'm just saying this scene is bonkers. Joan's like forcing Christina to keep diving to like perfect her technique. And it's like, is yeah. she going to be in a puzzly Busby Berkeley? Like, th- like was Joan was Joan a, was Joan a synchronized swimmer in a Busby musical? No, it's just like something she had exposure to. Okay, she was because I didn't see evidence of that on the IMDb. No, she started as like a chorus girl and then became like a flapper and then became like a sophisticated. Okay. She like basically whatever was popular, yeah. she just kind of became for each decade. Got it. And Joan's in this like like swim robe kind of thing. Like it's it's mm-hmm. clearly designed for like swimming like after swimming, but it's got shoulder mm-hmm. pads because Joan Crawford. Yes. Yeah, all of her outfits have shoulder pads, including the robes and the like. Robes later when she's like passed out drunk, she still has shoulder pads because mm-hmm. that was that was the Joan Crawford signature, right? So she like her and Greg are are smoking cigarettes, and you know they've been doing this for quite a while. They're drinking, and she's given Tina instructions on the dives, and she keeps you know do it again, but do it better, do it again. And Tina's like dying; she's exhausted. She's a kid; she doesn't want to be doing this. And so she finally gets her last one in, and she gives her one final bit of instruction, and she's like, "All right, uh, do you want to swim?" And well, it's like, "Well, isn't she already first? She first she said she tells Greg that she wants a role, and." Yeah. As a as a studio lawyer, he should do something to help out. Yeah, yeah. Which conflict of interest? 
That's not fair. Well, I mean, come on. You don't think that's how these things happen? I mean, like, of course it is, but like minute to minute basis. But like he has to decide if that is if he is in a position to be able to have that clout. Yeah, I suppose so. He seems like he's pretty high powered. And so they go to uh like he he kind of like walks off and she she's like fix this problem whenever he kind of leaves. It's the sort of how they leave it. And she's like, "All right, Tina, do you want to swim?" And I'm like, "Wasn't she already swimming?" And then it's like, "Oh no, we're going to have races." And she lets her get like a modest head start and then just destroys her in this race. She has such pride in beating her daughter at swimming. <laughs> Yes, yeah. She's like, well, if you were better, it would be you. I'm you bigger. Lose. I'm and faster, and I'll always win. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, oh, you're a lunatic. <laughs> you're a completely unhinged lunatic. And then Tina, very rightfully, is like, well, I don't want to play with you. That's not fair. Like, if that's, so <laughs> yeah, that's not. Uh, it's also not very fun. Yeah, and so. Joan loses her mind and like when she won't go to her room she like grabs her and throws her into the pool house and locks her in there yeah yeah it's bonkers it's Carrie it's that scene in Carrie where she throws her in the prayer closet it absolutely is yeah that's a crossover that I think giving (laughs) Tina psychic abilities I think is a fun crossover for mommy dearest honestly that's sort of how I watched this it was like watching Carrie where it's like who would laugh at the scenes in Carrie like a lunatic would laugh at that and it's like they're not that different in terms of the bigness of the yeah I guess I guess um different what's the actress's name from for Margaret White Piper Laurie Uh, like she's also swinging for the fences but it just it feels more grounded in a weird way in Carrie it's because yeah well it's because it's the movie like it's not a Busby Berkeley background with the carry performances in yeah it. so that's like i get the incongruity and why it's so also, funny, brian it's de palma like, is just a watching... really good director <laughs> right 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 but i was kind of watching this movie like as you would watch carry where i'm just like oh this poor child uh so she gets this big part and she's she's very happy until she walks in on tina pretending to be her which we talked about this scene a little bit before and it's just this soul crushing back-to-back sequence where first there's the locked in the pool house thing well they just, also like, sandwich it with kid stuff so Joan is jogging while her, while Carol Ann drives next to her. Oh, which right, like right, right, yeah. gotta say, love that idea. So like you don't have to do a loop. You could be like, I'm gonna jog until I get tired, and then just drive me home. I don't think that's how that works. I think the person in the car is like motivating. You yes, but I like that idea of like rather than just doing a loop and doing the same loop every day, you could be like, I'm just gonna jog until like I hit the mile marker that I want, and then just hop in the car and go home. Gotcha. And that scene, it's it's clearly supposed to show that like because they talk about it like there's no everything in this movie is camp and there's no subtlety and so they're like yeah. your fans should know how much you sacrifice and she's like louis b may i should know how much i sacrifice and she's like drenched she's like rocky like rocky sweaty yeah she's dressed like rocky yeah she's clearly doing a sweat she's like a high school wrestler trying to cut weight she's got like lots of clothes on yeah to sweat a lot and she's jogging and it's like he, you can make a movie about how shitty hollywood was to women in the 40s and you can make a movie about how uh, uh, someone you idolized as, as a famous person was actually abusive. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell those stories together because you are now humanizing and and sort right. of glorifying your abuser. And that is where this movie struggles constantly. Yes. And the tonal difference of those two stories and how this movie looks on screen. Yes. 
Um, so she sees Tina pretending to be her in a very like inno- like little kids just pretending. It's the most little kidest little kid. Like there, she's sitting on her mom's chair. She's pretending to give an Oscar type speech. It's like something every little kid does, especially if their mom is a famous actress who right, she regularly right. watches. But like she regularly watches her mom, uh, you know, greet her fans, yeah. talk to press. Like this is her life. And Joan sees right. it as insulting her, and she starts, like, trying to brush some setting lotion out of her hair, and it's clearly hurting, and yeah. then just, like, cuts all her hair off, and she's like, "Yes, it's this unhinged, screaming, foaming-at-the-mouth performance. Yes, and it's also brutal to watch, because this kid is, like, sobbing, like, please don't do this, Why, I look, like, look at me, I look insane, like, I can't go to school. But then, like so she says, I can't go to school like this, I look ridiculous, and Joan's response is, of course you do, I'd want, I'd rather you go to school bald and looking like a tramp, and it's like, what movie are we making? That is, like, to me, yeah. it's, it's, it's always what Faye Dunaway was given to say that makes things funny, because it's like, that is that response to that is is comical like yeah it's weird yeah yeah it's and she doesn't look like a tramp she has like wet hair yeah uh so we then cut to joan at a restaurant with greg and her fans swamp her so he goes inside without her which like they're both they, they get in a fight about this and i will say i see both sides of this argument yeah i mean I'm with Steve. I'm with. Oh, I wrote. Steve must be the actor. I'm with Greg here. I'm like, if you want to do that, that's fine. But like, I'm hungry. <laughs> like, I I don't want to do this. I don't have any interest in doing this. So she and they end up like having to sit with some uh, Louis B. Mayer exec people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's not just him. There's also a couple other people. Yeah, because she finally gets inside, and Greg is now sitting with with Mayor of. I said Louis B. Mayer as if that's like. Common knowledge. Yeah, I, I was, I was like, let's, he is the third M in MGM, I, Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Yes. Yeah, I did not know who Louis B. Mayer was, and then I was like, I probably have heard this name because you know, again, like Universal Studios and uh, MGM and stuff. Like, I probably heard that name, but I do not know this person very well. But he's obviously incredibly well known because yeah. he's one of the MGM. Yeah, he's the third M, and he's the second M in MGM, Louis B. Mayer. I think he he's the one who. Uh, constantly called judy garland fat during uh, wizard of oz filming a class act so he i mean like that was hollywood it sucked yeah. and the way the way they introduce him it sounds like it's the mayor like the mayor of hollywood oh. los angeles i mean i guess kind of like, might be what? and like not officially yeah, but yeah. like yeah yeah and he like jones like well we're gonna go to art like the very classic like passive like well, I'm going to let you go. Uh, we're going to go sit at our table. And he's like, uh-huh. no, you're going to sit with us. I insist. And it's like the abuse. You see the abuse that she would give to Tina is on her. And right, it's like, right. yeah, women have no agency. Like, we know that. And right. it's shitty. Right. Right. And then, but it's, and then you know, they go home and Greg makes a valid point. He's like, if you'd come in with me and we sat down, they would have come to us and then left and we wouldn't have had to do that. Like, you know, and then she's like, well, I had to, you know, spend time with the fans and you could have waited for me. And it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, there's a reasonable number of autographs you could I sign, s- Joe. I see both sides. Everyone. Because, and because in, in terms of Hollywood, like, you are only worth as much as your fans think you're worth, which, right. like, is awful objectively that is not good way yeah. to quant- quantif- qualify human existence but right so joan always c- gave a shit about her fans 
Like that was her biggest. Because Obviously, yeah, yeah. Stardom movie. Like she was a, a huge movie star, and she was like, "I'm gonna, I will do whatever it takes to stay a movie star." Right, right. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. But so she's given a performance about him, you know, being shitty or whatever, and he straight up says, "Get up! There's no cameras in here." Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. This whole this fight is ridiculous, but he's this is his the, he this is the the most that this actor gets to do in this movie. He's it's solid. So he leaves her alone, and then this the, the also the, like the fight that they're, ha- they're having like a, a screaming match here. This is as if you were watching like Thirty Rock or some other s- sitcom, and they cut to a soap opera that exists in the world of the sitcom. Yes, that is the level that this is occurring at. They're you know they're uh, they're at one hundred and twelve out of ten. Well, I mean, Faye's always there, <laughs> so he's just rising to no, meet no, her. no. I'm yeah, but yeah, yeah. But this fight is like everything about this is like uh, maximum theatricality and dramatics. And he basically is like, I'm leaving you. And she's, she's like, if you walk out, you can never come back. And he's like, yeah, I, I get that. That's, that's kind of the point. That's why I mean, that's what I mean when I say I'm leaving you. So the next morning, Joan and Carol Ann are ripping all of Steve. I, I keep telling him Steve, Greg's pictures out of the photos. And just cutting uh, and like going with scissors and just cutting his face uh, out. And yeah. And Tina sees this and she says, if she doesn't like you, she'll make you disappear. Which like, yeah, is a weird line. To put like yeah no it is that is a weird line yeah um, and then we cut to Jones fan club stuffing envelopes of her photo to mail out to people mm. which it's and Tina's helping with this a little bit it's one of those things that like for world building I get but like it does not need to be there because it's no. not also not clarified that that's her fans right and it's also you know, they're trying to build this like, oh, here's her public face and here's her private face. But it's like, yeah, we get it. Like, I've seen the I've seen this they're, multiple times yeah. already in the movie. I get it. I understand. Uh, and then we get and she like you know, the, the whole like she like walks down the row and she's like, oh, Tina. She like touches her face very sweetly. And it's like in an hour, she's going to beat you. Like, yeah, she's a lunatic. Uh, and then we get a scene that I quote a lot. Christopher and Christina are just like being kids, just playing in the yard, getting loud or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Joan, like a fairy tale witch, throws open the shutters and goes, Christopher, Christina, damn it. <laughs> and the number of times I've yeah. shouted that at my friends and my boyfriend is is ridiculous. Yeah, it's 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 incredibly over the top. Like that like like this whole movie is it's a fairy tale witch. Particular. Yeah, it is. It's it is. Did we jump over the part where Joan like there's two scenes back to back. One is Joan, and then right after it is it, no, 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 no. That's sorry. That's what's next. So Joan like is yelling it. Joan says like, "Make Tina bring me my coffee," and then she like sort of cr- crushes Tina's spirit under her boot heel here. But they do the like crazy eye light thing, and then we cut to Tina replicating this scene to her dolls with the same Joan eye light, which I thought I didn't was, like, catch the eye light there. Yeah, they so they 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 shoot Tina at the same angle as they shoot Joan for her highlight scenes where she's like really giving it guff directly to camera. Tina gets the same treatment here, and I was like, okay, like I see what we're doing in terms of like filmmaking. I see what you're doing here, but this is followed up again with another one of those scenes where Joan is like lurking like Michael Myers in the background, and she just like takes her toys away and throws them in the garbage because she's like, well, I heard you telling them they were disobedient children. It's like, bitch, she was she was imitating you. I learned it from watching you. And like this whole the movie. scene where Tina goes to be like, mom, where'd my toys go? 
is literally like Jones like lounging in her robe in a recliner, lotioning yeah. herself like a fucking mm-hmm. like like a Bond villain. It's just like, yes. hello, Mr. Yeah. Bond. Let me do my yes. menial task to introduce myself. Yeah. Make a yeah. cup of coffee. Tink, tink. Lotion my elbows. Yeah. And it's like, if you squint, you can see what they're trying to do, right? Because like, here's a scene where Joan throws her things away and then it immediately goes to the scene where she meets with Louis B. Mayer and he throws Joan away. And it's like, there is a there is a movie that exists that does this effectively. It's not this one. Yeah. But you you could do the, like, I see what you're trying to do. But you're just not doing it. Mm-hmm. This, this, the part of this that I like the best is like, he basically is like, look, I'm doing this to save face for you. Like this, this is be doing you a favor. Like I'm going to let you go and we're going to do it in this way. And she, she like fights him and fights him and fights him. She finally comes around to it. And, uh, he, she's like, well, I'll send Carol Ann, my secretary to come pick up my things. And he's like, no, they're already in your car. And she, she's like aghast at like, she's keeps trying to win this interaction and he just keeps swatting her down. And finally she's like, well, at least will you walk me to my car? And he doesn't even say no. He just stares at her until she leaves. Mm-hmm. He's a psycho too. But like there's, a, he's trying to be nice. This It's scripted in a way that he's like, I'm looking out for you by doing this. And you know, I'm blah, blah. Yeah. and I'm like, there's a 0% chance that that is how that interaction went down. I'm yeah, th- no fucking way that a studio head in the height of the of the studio system was like, I care about you. No, 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 no. Right. I also thought I will say, though, if if she did get if she did, if it wasn't publicly acrimonious, they did do her a favor in that era. Not I'm not saying that yeah. like, this man's a saint or anything. I'm just saying you could easily have been like, yeah, she's a nightmare to work with and she sucks. We're cutting her loose as opposed to just being like. You know, uh, we had a creative difference. We couldn't see eye to eye. Like, like it, like it's not nice either way. But it is. It, he at least gave her like the opportunity to have a career, which he did not. He could have destroyed yeah. given the time frame. I again, I'm not nominating this man for no, no, no. But I just mean like I, I can't imagine that 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 is how any studio no. head would do that. Yeah, he probably came in and he was like, "There's two ways this goes. You walk out of here with your shit, or I tell everybody that you're trying to sleep with me and you're an insane person." And she was like, "Okay, I leave." Yeah, or he pulled out his dick. You know, probably the option three. He definitely pulled out his dick in a meeting with Joan Crawford at some point. Oh, a hundred percent. But then, so I remember, I know Warner Brothers scooped her up so that they would because they were like, "Oh, Joan Crawford scoop." Yeah. Later, she cries about them letting her contract go. But I always thought that she chose to leave Warner Brothers because she was like, you're not giving me any roles. I have no idea. But the studio system back then, once you were locked in, you really didn't have like, obviously, it's nothing like what it is now where actors kind of just choose projects. Back then, you were signed up with a uh, A studio specific studio and you had to just make movies for them. And And if they gave you a bunch of shit movies, that's what you got to make. Because Betty Davis sued. Uh, She was at Warner Brothers and she sued to be like. You're giving me shit. I'm better than this. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the big Rose Garden scene, which is one of the big, truly unhinged ones that, you you know, people talk about a lot. So this scene did happen in real life, according to Christina Crawford, but it was not spurred on by anything. She. Oh, interesting. She was like, they made it, it like that. It was happened because she got like, oh, she's like, no, it didn't. There was no reason right. for it. Which I think that's Christina's big problem. She's like, they kept trying to like make sense of things. And I, and I think Christina right. Crawford is like, nothing really made sense. 
Right, right. I mean, she lived with a a, a narcissistic sociopath. Like, yes. that's what happened. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no explanation. But that the thing is, like, they try to put why in the movie, but they still don't do enough why. Like, I, I read Ebert's review, and that was his thing. Is like, you see all these actions, and there's never any explanation for, like, why they happen. Like, at this point in particular, this is where we see that the brother is strapped to the bed every night. There's not any explanation whatsoever for why that happens uh-huh. in this movie. They don't... It's, I think it's like sleepwalking, a, but that's what that's she said that he various things I read said either sleepwalking or that he would kept getting up to go to the bathroom, which if it's the second thing, like, oh, so you wanted a bed with pee in it? Like, how is that a solution to this problem? Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they clearly show him being strapped in or unstrapped from his bed with no explanation. It's like, how did that one skate by everyone with like, right. did we all no one noticed you forgot to film a scene with Joan with Faye saying why he was strapped in? Yeah, and it's because Christopher is barely a character in the movie. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he's barely in the movie at all. He's a baby. Then we see him strapped in here. He gets like three lines of dialogue later as a kid, and then we see him as an adult. Mm-hmm. Well, also, like, it is a book about a person's abuse from their mother, and then it's a movie about their mother. Right. So, like, right away, there's some some mistranslation, some mistranslations here. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's it's exactly what you said is like you're trying to humanize this person. And so you just end up in this bizarre cycle where it's like, oh, this is the reason why she did it, you know, and it's like, well, I don't really think that we need that. Like, what's well, what is what are you trying to say? It's also like the, you can do the humanized abuser story. Yeah. And you but like you need to fully commit to that and like make her a full realized human and like right. round her out. But if you don't do that, you can't just go halfway because then it feels like you were like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this is like three half stories. Yes. Kind of all glommed into a movie, which is why it's two hours and 10 minutes long. Yes. But now Joan is in a, in a gown, in a, like a, in a red carpet gown, chopping down roses, which is just a delight. Yeah. And then she you know, makes the kids come out and help. She's like, pick up the, you know, pick up these Tina, She makes bring me the axe. An axe. Yeah, uh, which is just insane. Like this hurt. They show Faye Dunaway swinging this axe. It clearly looks like she did not know how to use an axe, which is fine. Probably like, not. Everybody needs to know how to use an axe. But she's taking these like really awkward swings. And it's I'm like, is she even cutting the tree? And then finally they go to a close up where you see just the axe hitting the tree and it cutting it. But I'm genuinely not sure that Faye Dunaway cut the tree at all. No. While she was swinging this axe. I also now I want to cut from... Tina, bring me the axe to, is it, what is it in Moonstruck? I won't do it. Uh, get me the big knife. And then. Oh, yeah. I won't do it, Mr. Cumbrera. Yeah. I want that, that mashup. But also, this is a thing that's always annoyed me. Joan Crawford was like fastidious and religious about her appearance. And then they mm-hmm. show her here with cuts all over her face from the Rose Garden. And it's like, bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, she would. She her, would yeah. Maybe her arms, if you want to cut, put her arms scratched up, that face might as well have been insured. Yeah. Uh, so now we have uh, Joan Crawford is like practicing for uh, screen tests. She's she's running lines with with both her daughter and Carol Ann for Mildred Pierce, which is her only Oscar winning role. Yeah, she was like begging and begging and begging for this, and they wouldn't give it to her. And she finally like convinced them that that she was worthy of it. Um, and we go from that to lunch. And first of all, 
eating prime rib for lunch is a great way to sleep for the rest of the day. This is like a huge lunch that they are forcing down their guts. I mean, if you're children, there's not like, you don't really have to do much for your day. No, but I'm just, it's a crazy lunch that they're having, this like huge, uh, you know, prime rib slice. And I'm like, I, I don't, my my preference is medium rare. I'll eat, I'll eat pretty much steak cooked anyway. Um, but this is a, not only is this a rare steak, the one in the movie looks really gross. It's, it is like a it's basically tartare that hasn't been cut yet. Yeah, yeah. Which I, th- I think the rare meat was another real thing from the book. It is, yeah. And in the in the book version, she made her put it in the fridge, and then she wasn't allowed to eat for several days. She they she kept trying to like, she kept putting the same plate in front of her to make her eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they kind of do in this. They like there's like a big fight here where she's like, I don't like this 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 beef. It is gross looking or whatever. And she they fight over it, and then she's like, Well, put your plate in the fridge. And then later it's like, <laughs> Joan's like, Oh, I'm going out tonight. You're gonna eat that for dinner. And I'm like, Kid, flush it down the toilet. Yeah, like just flush it down the toilet. She's not home. So she goes. Well, she she goes to bed, and then Joan comes in and like does whatever, and she sees the plate of meat next to Christina sleeping in bed yeah. and she takes it and there's like again a very long lingering shot of Joan in a ball gown holding a plate of rare yes. meat and she go, like descends yes. the stairs she descends the stairs and we keep saying Busby Berkeley but like classic movie musical entrance down like, this grand staircase do you remember in the birdcage when Nathan Lane it, walks down those stairs yeah, in the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah, and each yeah, stair yeah, yeah. lights uh-huh. up as he steps on it yes. like yeah, you yeah, half expect the like, stairs to be like yes. shh Duh. Also, she's in like a sparkly silver gown, and the background is sparkly too, and the stairs are even a little bit sparkly. It's crazy. Yeah. So the next morning, Tina comes down for breakfast, and she's put the plate of meat in front of her. It's just like yeah. sociopath behavior. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Tina ultimately wins because she says she can throw it away, and then it's like, why does everything have to be a fight around here? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe because you're horrible? Uh, uh, does, does, there's no, this is, this, again, the movie doesn't explain anything. We smash cut. It's, we're listening to the Oscars mm-hmm. and Joan clearly has lied about being sick. Yes. So she doesn't have to go to the Oscars, which makes no sense to me. What she was nervous. Okay. But that like, that's not, that is not in this. At so, all. Yeah. So like, the real life is that Joan was like very nervous because it's the first time, I think maybe it was the first time she was ever nominated for an Oscar. I know it's the only Oscar okay. she ever won. But it was like a big deal for her. And she was like, I'm so nervous. I can't go. So she pretended to have the flu. And then that way, when she won, they ended up like bringing a a camera crew and the Oscar to her. And so there's pictures of her like in bed accepting her Oscar. Yeah, I've seen that picture. But so she was just at home pretending to be sick, listening to the, the win here. And then she so she wins, obviously. And she goes out. There's like a bunch of paparazzi outside. Yeah. I don't, were they called that then? Yeah. And she's like, comes out clearly not sick, and it's like, I adore my fans, blah, 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 blah. And then- She basically gives the same speech that Tina gave in the mirror earlier in the movie. Yes. Oh, you're right. You're totally right. It's like almost word for word. And then my f- my favorite shot in the whole movie, they all go inside, and there's- it camera kind of like pushes in on Tina shutting the door as all mm-hmm. like, you hear the flashbulbs and, and the reporters chatter, and she gets this like smile on her face like- this is all for me. And like, obviously, you know, she knows it isn't, but it's this like, this could be mine one day. And it's like, I don't know why it's like, I love that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's also incredibly sad because it's like, 
this is the only thing this kid knows love to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now we get the scene. Yeah, the the scene of the movie. And here's here's the question that I have. For okay. You. Why are there why are there wire hangers in the house? I think from dry cleaning. Okay. I think the I, I think it's just from dry clean like you when you, a dry cleaning okay. thing, and then I'm assuming it's Carol Ann's job or someone's job to like because there's no way. It seems weird that a little kid's like putting her putting the dry cleaning back on. Yeah, the, she. I, I the whole time I'm watching this closet scene, I'm like, she can't reach that. Like, what? How is she hanging those clothes up? I don't see a little step stool anywhere. Although it is possible because I, Christina also said that Joan never cleaned. She made Christopher and Christina do it while she stood behind them and watched them. Okay, that that seems actually the movie anyway. Yeah. So I guess it, is, it wouldn't be shocking for her to be like, put this on a hanger, but like. A quick scene of like, here's your dry cleaning, Tina, darling. Go hang it on the proper yeah. hanger. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that like this has an ounce of context, but also like, right. I would love to fix this movie, but also I wouldn't because it is this like perfect time capsule of insanity. Right, right. Of people who thought but they were just... doing one thing and it's just like big swing and a miss. Like they swung so right. hard that they threw themselves to the ground. Well, the other thing about it that it's very strange to me is like, when this book came out, everybody who knew Joan Crawford like lined up to say Tina was full of shit, which sucks. I mean, that was the society we lived in now. Then it's yeah. somewhat the, better. The, now. For it's the most, there were a handful of people that backed her up in interviews, but for the most part, people were like, "This Every, is a lie." Everybody who backed her up was like, "She was a really strict parent," but I never saw a. No, there's two like big interviews that I know from like IMDb or whatever that like okay one person story was like. Joan was having some women over and there was a box of chocolates and Christopher asked for a chocolate and she said, you can have one. And he took one. And then when he thought she wasn't looking, he took another and she saw and made him eat the entire box of chocolates till he threw up and then was like, you're not going to do that again. Right. And then the other one was that like Tina wasn't engaging people at one of Joan's parties because she was supposed to go to her own party. So Joan made her like, Mm grab the present that she was supposed to take to this birthday party and sit on the stairs and not go like oh so like there were a few few people who were like i guess they were like i'm bold enough to not to say that like no this did happen but but like every famous person like lined up to be like no this kid's full of shit and it's just like what to what end in purpose like why i think it's it's the same thing as like cops closing ranks that like famous people because i think As soon as yeah. you show one crack in the armor, it's like, well, there's no way you didn't know about this. So, so you just have right. to say I, that it didn't I happen. Think you're, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I meant to what purpose would her lying about oh, yeah. serve? It's like, I guess she sold some more books by being salacious, but but like to to be forever associated with this. Like, this is the only thing you know Christina Crawford from is like, oh, you wrote that book about how your mom beat the shit out of you all the time. Yeah. And psychologically tortured you. Like, it's not like it helped your career. It's like, ah, oh, let's hire Christina Crawford to get out there and do this, right? Like, yeah. Like, that she didn't, she, yeah. So it's just, it's stupid. Well, and then my favorite were the were the Hollywood people who were like, she, had, as though, like, the fact that Christina was adopted, they were like, she gave her, she adopted her. Like, she was homeless. And it's like, okay, like. Yeah. That is not <laughs> so, so. She doesn't part she of this. Deserve to be treated like a human, like she's a, she's a cast off. She's trash. Yeah, but anyway, she she goes nuts here, and like her ripping all the clothes out is very funny. And I was like, I guarantee you, she's going to beat this child with a hanger. Like I'm just waiting for that part, and then it comes, you know, very shortly thereafter that she starts wailing on. But the it looks it. like 
it's insert shots because clearly they were like, there's no fucking way we're letting you near this child because yeah, you're exactly. an unhinged monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they basically got like a scarecrow and put Tina's uh-huh. on, pajamas on it. Yes. Like that to me yeah, is why it's, it's so funny because it's clearly just no, like a scarecrow. There's one scene where you see the hanger like lift off the actress's body and into the air, but you don't see it come back down. That's the only time when yeah. Tina is like in contact with the hanger with Joan. And I think it was probably very clear, like, you are going to lift it off and you are gonna do your line, and if you bring it back down, we're gonna taste you. <laughs> There's like a team of <laughs> It's the tier it's, it's like the Velociraptor yes. squad. Yes. Uh-huh. Shoot. Like, Shoot. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, we're gonna. There are six men with rifles trained on you, and you will be put down with drink darts. And then she goes, and then she goes into the bathroom, and she's like, "This bathroom isn't clean." Uh, even the- yeah, she keeps she keeps running her hand on this, and I I rented this through uh, Hoopla, which is the library rental service, so I don't think it was in true HD. But she keeps running her hand on stuff and holding it up, being like, "See, look at the filth," and I was like, "I genuinely cannot." I don't think there was. <laughs> I think that was the point. Yeah, yeah, the OCD or whatever she clearly had. So she's ripped all the clo- clothes off this little closet walkway. She'd beaten her daughter, and then there she's like throwing this powdered soap everywhere. Yeah, it's like it's a and it's like a color a run container. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or holy the Indian festival. Yeah, that just happened actually. Yeah, yeah. And then she's hitting her with the can with the can of stuff. Mm-hmm. Clean, like making her clean, and just like all the time she's also like wearing a face mask, like a like a yes, not like a liter- like the kind you would just, like a, a beauty, a cosmetic mask. Yeah, so she yeah. lo- looks like a fairy tale witch again. Like she looks like she's yeah. gonna lure you into a gingerbread house. Yeah, and I will say, I this this kid actor is actually better than average here. Oh, I think she's very good. Movie. Yeah, and but they also have her because she's Joan Crawford's daughter, like sort of gl- glammed up like a pageant child, and it the, mm-hmm. it, the it's so hard to look at. <laughs> it's just like, whoa, you look the wrong age and stuff. But she gives a really this is like Jesus Christ the most she gets to do. Yeah, she's like, yeah, it's this perfectly exasperated, like, Jesus Christ, like, what is my life? And it's like, oh, man, this poor kid. Well, we also get one of my favorite, like, chilling lines, because she says something to her, and Christina replies, yes, mommy. And she's she's like, yes, mommy, what? And she says, yes, mommy, yes. dearest. And then <laughs> Joan Crawford says, when I told you to call me mommy, dearest, I wanted you to mean it. That it's like <laughs> bone chilling, but apparently yeah, that was yeah. a thing. Like you had, they had to call her mommy dearest. And if they didn't, she, yeah, rep- yeah. it was like fucking, uh, Oren Scrivello DDS from little shop, like <laughs> doctor. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The brother gets up and he's like, I want to help. And she's like, no, strap back in bed. Strap yourself back in. If she sees you out, she'll kill me. And I'm like, she might. Actually. She might. Um, so the powdered soap thing is one of the things that started happening at like showings when people started like realizing oh. this was a comedy, they would bring yeah. like wire hangers and like props. And one of the props was like yeah. powdered soap. Like it was a Rocky horror picture show thing. Oh, those poor theater owners. <laughs> and th- rather, I'm sorry. Those poor people who make minimum wage yes. to clean up the theater, not the theater owner. Although I imagine I actually... that there was like with Rocky horror, it was like an established thing. 
So I, I don't know. I, I, I was just wa- I just saw on Twitter like a day ago. I'm, I'm glad this came up. Somebody posted a picture from a screening after the room of like how trash the theater was with the plastic spoons and all the other stuff people do during that. And so it's like, wait, like during the have you seen the room? The one with Brie Larson? No, no, the room, the Tommy. Oh, yes. Okay. I was like, what? I was like, people do that to the Brie Larson movie? That's weird. No, 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 no. There's inexplicably a bunch of frame photos of plastic spoons in the Tommy Wiseau movie, The Room. And so people at the midnight screenings will bring like boxes of spoons and throw like fistfuls of plastic spoons toward the front of the theater. So it's like, it is easier to clean up than powdered soap, but... I wouldn't want to do either, you know? They just get a snow shovel and just like... Yeah, they'd be a big push broom or whatever. But they were showing the picture of the theater after the screening of the room. It's just like, I don't know, several hundred plastic spoons. And I was like, God, the poor people who have to clean this up. That sucks. But I assume that was like denoted as a interactive show. Like like with Rocky Horror, like it is denoted as like this is an interactive experience. Right, but like Rocky Horror, the culture of it tended to be, I don't know if this is always the case, like you stayed around and helped clean up the mess you made. <laughs> like that was sort of part of it. Yeah. Instead of just like throwing Barkeeper's Friend all over this theater. <laughs> uh, so it's Christmas. We're on the radio with Joan and the children and they have to like. And these know, kids are media air. trained. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then this cuts right to like they leave one of Joan's men comes over and uh, this is something that I saw. Well, it's a different day entirely. The the Christmas insert, again, probably could have been lift left lifted out of this movie because it doesn't offer anything. And then we just cut to no. several days, like weeks or whatever later when a new man comes over. And so, you know, Christina's playing bartender. She's pouring him a scotch and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's it's like a lot of scotch. five fingers of scotch. <laughs> Yeah, it's a full tumbler, but she was pouring for her Uncle Greg, who was an, also an alcoholic, so he, she didn't know. We get the leg! The leg! Yes, yeah, she very bendable, Fade in a way, I will say. Very, very bendable. She's in the mirror. It's It literally, you know what it is? It's fucking Buffalo Bill. Oh, yeah, it's very Buffalo She's Bill. in the mirror, like, sitting on a chair, and she lifts her right leg to her left cheek, and she just, like, she might as well lick it. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's basically the energy here. It's it is banana pants. Uh, but yeah, Christina makes the 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 new man a drink, and she's like, "I think you can call him Uncle." And this was another thing in the book. She's like, "I had to call all these men Uncle." Like my mother would date them for a while, and then it was like, "Oh, this is your uncle." Uh, and then she said some of them she was supposed to call Gremlin, which I was waiting for that to be in this, but it never popped up. Yeah. Um, but this, the whole point of this evening in the movie is she gives she gives. Greg or the, not, the new Greg, she gives the new Bo a drink, and then she goes to make her mom a drink and brings it up to her. And Joan is furious that she did this, yeah, like, inexplicably out of her mind. She interrupted like, Bonetown, yeah, but not really. Like it had just started. Like, I, I mean, moments. I know that, but like I think in Joan world, right? Well, and I think it was this was also part because Joan also at points in her life insinuated that christina was coming on to her to jones like husbands or men or whatever oh jesus yeah so i don't know if this was supposed to be that or what but yeah i mean it certainly it certainly could be if you were a lunatic because we smash cut to boarding school yeah she ships her off to boarding school 
Uh, so we, it's we it's like we drop off a child, Christina, at the thing, and then it's like now she's a teenager, you know, older. And I was like, oh, that's probably how Joan felt about this too. Of course, and the casting of young to old Christina is spot on. Amazing! It's truly the maybe the best I've ever seen. It feels before. like Boyhood. We were like, did they just pause filming yeah. for ten yeah. years or whatever? Yeah, you know what's freaky good at the uh, young versions of old adults casting? The show Yellowstone. Every time they do You mean it, Yellow Jackets? Shocked. No, I'm talking about Yellowstone. The, oh, they, the they do time jumping in Yellowstone too? Oh yeah, baby. They're, I didn't jump, know that. We're jump, jump, jumping. Oh yeah, yeah. Can I tell you, can I tell you one sure. side note, one anecdote? Go for it. So uh, in that show, the mother is dead like before we, before the show starts. Like, yeah. The, the fact that, the, yeah, she's, she's, she's dead and like constantly throughout the show characters are like talking about the dead mother in these like reverential tones and like just like really like she's like the saint of the family they never stop talking about her in the pilot of yellowstone one of the brothers dies this is like a very mild spoiler it's the pilot of the brothers yeah one of the brothers dies in the pilot he's never mentioned again Fuck his drag. They've never, t- I'm, I haven't, I haven't done season four yet. But they have never mentioned this dead brother any, and the dead mom comes up like almost every episode. <laughs> wow, that sucks. Yeah, is that yeah. Sam Neill or Sam Elliott? No, Sam Elliott is in the prequel series called 1883 with oh. Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, which I did not care for. But the Kevin Costner one is Kevin Costner. I think that's, I mean, that's probably who I was thinking of. Well, Sam Neill, the other one is related, so it's uh, it's extremely soap opery, but I enjoy it. Uh, so, uh, old Christina, older Christina is having dinner with mom. More rare steak that she doesn't get any choice in. She's very clearly honked about this. Yeah, but we don't see the aftermath. Well, and then um, the waiter compliments Tina on her hat, and she's like, "Oh, thank you. I picked it out myself, or whatever. Just whatever." <laughs> and in front of the waiter, Jones like, "Stop flirting, slut." Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, she, she starts, like, lecturing her of, like, keeping her appearance, and it's like, she made, like, one night, she treated him like a person, like, it wasn't even that flirty. And then, she, and then Christina's like, look at my report card, I got all A's and a B, and I was like, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> Actually, she says, I got all A's, and one B. Yeah, she, she hides <laughs> that B. And she's like, yeah, I'm studying for exams, like, I guess finals are coming up. And Joan's like, and how are we getting on writing our Christmas cards? And she's like, not at all, because I'm studying for exams. And Joan's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I at first I was like, why is Tina saying, oh, she means her Christmas cards. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Our collective Christmas cards. Right, right. Uh, so we, we, we go home. She asked Tina for some help around the house. Tina's doing some laundry. Joan is like, we're flat broke. We've got no money. I can't afford for you to, I can't afford to pay for school. So I had to call and get you into like a work study. And Tina's very chill about this. It seems like at school, she's sort of like gotten her life, gotten her life to be what she wants. Yeah. She's, she's her own human there. Yeah. And so it seems like she's learned to like it, even though it's like really, you know, very, very I I think in the end she was like, wait a minute, I don't have to be around my mother. Right. Score one for boarding school. Yeah, but so Joan is like falling to pieces here and Tina's very kind to her, which is like, you know, what you'd expect for someone who's been psychologically abused for their entire life. Yeah. It's not that not that shocking. But we go from this to she comes up to say goodnight to Joan, who has drank herself. Into it's a the same night. Stupor. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's later that day. And 
um, the uh, Carol Ann comes to help. She thinks she needs an ambulance. She's like, she's no, the she's only one who's left on the day. staff. Joan, yeah, Joan made right. that point. Yeah, she fired everybody else. But she sees all these brand new shoes in the closet. And, and dresses. Like, well, and these come? All these yeah, shopping yeah. spree. And she's like, oh, they all came in today. And she's like, oh, so it was all lies. Great. Like, like just everything about this is the shittiest. Mm-hmm. So Christina ends up getting caught necking in the stables with the boy. Uh, yeah, the, the dude is like... Don't worry about her. We're just friends. And she's like, oh, okay. And they have, they've like, just started to kiss each other. Like, everyone's Her skirt's coming on. up a little. A little bit. But it's also, like, shifted up, like, because she moved to kiss him. Not like he's got his hand up. I think his hand. No, his hands. Oh, okay. I didn't see the hand. Um, we just see, like. The I don't, he's not, like, trying to take her underwear off. But he's clearly, like, yeah. let's, let me touch Touching something. Touching her thigh. Yeah. But the girl comes in, and this is supposed to be a teenager, right? Like, I got these to be, like, 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds. I think they were... I got I got 17, 18. Okay, okay. So, older than I had. I, it must be closer to mine, though, because she goes to another school after. So she's, That's she right. Or a convent, yet. I guess. I don't know if that's a school. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is there. But uh, the girl's like, I'm gonna tell. And I'm like, what the... F- you're gonna tell? Because she, she's the girl. That he said not to worry I, about. I I know that, but like, hit him with a hay bale. I'm gonna tell. Yeah, what a weird. I'm choice. getting you both. I'm getting her expelled because I want this man to myself. And it's 1940s, so the woman's always at fault. Yeah, I, I I I would take my revenge more directly. That's all I'm saying. So the the Joan shows up, and the headmistress is like, look. We have where they're both on probation. They have no privileges for a month. Like a, an understandable reaction for a high this happening yeah. in a high school setting. Yeah. And Jones like. And again, they were just kissing. Well, I'm, they were definitely about to Nobody, not be just kissing. She, okay, but she does say that was my first kiss. Like it would be a really wild choice to go from your first kiss to ha- losing your virginity in the same twenty that's, minute section. That's fair. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that this man wouldn't have gotten more aggressive or shitty or whatever. Again, like you said, it was a time frame when women basically were treated as objects. But like maybe maybe hand stuff. But this seemed they were going to do. I don't think they were just going to keep kissing. But yeah, Jones basically like nice whore school headmistress. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking my daughter out. And And, and the headmistress is like. It was very tame. Like, even she is like, it's not that big a deal. They're teenagers. It's fine. And as Joan's driving her home, she opens the glove compartment to pull out her flask. Yes. While she's driving and it's empty. So another another classic line where Tina's like, there's a liquor store over here. And Joan goes, I should have known you'd know where to find the booze and the boys. And like throws the flask at her. Yeah. Or boys and Uh, the booze, I think. Yeah, I think it's boys in the booze. Um, so we get home and it's like, oh, there's a Red Book interviewer here. Like, you got to be on your best behavior. Don't you fuck whatever. this up for me. Yeah. And I love, we see the reporter. She's got this huge table spread out. She's got a typewriter. She's got an overflowing ashtray. She's got a cocktail. And it's just like, man, this is impressive spread here. Yeah. Oh, to be a reporter in the 40s covering yeah. covering stars. Right. And so the reporter is obviously someone that, like, Joan has known her for a while because she's like, oh, Christina, I haven't seen you since you were a child. And she's yeah, talking about yeah. school or whatever. And then Joan says she got expelled from school. And Christina says, that's a lie in front of the reporter. And Joan is, yeah, you can see 
the 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 white hot rage in her eyes. Yeah, but but like honestly, at this point, I'm glad Tina's standing up for. Herself. I am too. Like, I didn't get expelled. Like that's a shitty thing to say about me. I did. That's not what happened. Also, that reflects badly on you as a mom. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Um. So she goes into the other. They go into the other room, and they start fighting. And that, like, just arguing. And then Barbara comes in. Another great line that I quote all the time. Which is, Barbara, please! Please, Barbara! Yeah. And then they get really into it because uh, Christina's like, why did you adopt me? Like, I'm not one of your fans. I don't have to... Like, she's like, why can't you treat me with respect I'm entitled to? And she says, I'm not one of your fucking fans. Like, why did you right. adopt me? For PR? And so Joan starts strangling her and they crash through a glass table and this was the scene that I alluded to before where, like, Barbara's actress was like, I'm not going fucking anywhere near her. Absolutely yeah. not. This is a like, I, I, I saw her, like, start to advance, like, with choking hands. And I was like, oh, shit. And then they go crash. Well, because you think cause maybe she's going to grab her by the collar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, oh, shit. They went through a table. This is crazy. Yeah. Like, she, she's one, she's one hair away from reaching under the couch and pulling out a folding chair. Oh, for sure. By God, Crawford from behind. Um, so she gets shipped off to a... I don't know if this is a convent or a school. It's not 100% clear. If, if it was a convent, you'd think she would have a little more say in this. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe it is a school. I don't, I don't know how nunneries work. But she definitely doesn't have much say in her life because the nun is like... Your mother's told us that you need to be treated like a like you have uh, just all of your rights taken away. So you'll never be able to make a phone call. No one will ever be able to call you. You won't be able to go outside. I'm like, is this solitary? No mail. Because there's right. There's limits on that in prisons. Yes. So we smash cut to Joan marrying Al Steele, the king of Pepsi Cola. So Christina like meets him, like goes from that to Christina meeting him for the first time. And she's like, what should I call him? And she's like, daddy, of course. And I'm like, eh, that's a little weird. You just met this man you, yeah. to call him daddy. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Chris, so Chris, in real life, Christina also alleges that I think Christina has alleged that Joan might have had a hand in Al Steele's death. <laughs> it The movie implies it sort of. It's like it's very much. They goes like Al steals in this movie for like what nine minutes, yeah, like total. And the way that it ends with him, I was like, oh, are they insinuating that Joan killed him? And then they weren't, but I was like, oh, sort of, you did though. Yeah, because basically Joan didn't have a lot of money, so she married this, you know, CEO at Pepsi. Yeah, who didn't have a lot of money, but he was marrying a movie star that he thought had a lot of money. Yeah, so they both kind of like. Married for money and didn't realize that well up. that utter had run dry. Yeah, yeah. So basically, she became a mouthpiece for Pepsi for like the rest of her life. Yeah, because it's played differently in the movie, but in real life, basically all of his debts went to her, and Pepsi yes. was like, "Well, you can basically the equivalent of like you can wash dishes." Yeah. So yeah. she became the, the, their like, spokeswoman oh, forever. Wallet. Yeah. 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 Like to the point where she is so famously like a Pepsi lady that like, for my boyfriend's birthday last year or two years ago, I made him a card that was Joan Crawford with a with a Pepsi on it. And it said, I love you more than the crisp, refreshing taste of an ice cold Pepsi Cola. 
Yeah, this this part with the Mr. Steel is bonkers. It's like they get married, then Christina meets him, then they're like building an apartment, and and Joan is just like rip the rip the uh, that the bitch wall of a out. bearing wall. Yeah, it's like well that seems like a poor choice, but all right. Uh, and then um, and then Tina's like, hey, I actually need a little money, and she's like, not a chance. And he like takes her aside and peels off some cash, and then he cuts from that to him being like. Oh yeah, so we need to talk about money. Like we we need to cut back on spending. And she's like, "Never, I'm Joan Crawford." She's like, Boop, he's "Make dead. the company pay for it." And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's that's you've never been in real business. That's not how yes. this works." Yeah, exactly. So he's he's dead. He. <laughs> so this guy's dead. Yeah, and we get another yet another iconic scene of Joan in the boardroom of the Pepsi boardroom, and they're basically saying like, "He's dead. You you can go now, ma'am." I didn't know you could just retire someone off a of board. Like, I thought that was not how that worked. I think uh, it's a situation where, like, you can vote people off the island. Okay. The real, the real timeline is, that, like, he, like you said, he died, and then many years later she left the board. But this makes it seem like they tried to immediately shuffle her off the board. But they didn't want to because they still needed the money back. That <laughs> He took yeah, out, like, advances yeah. on his paycheck and, like, all of yeah. this shit. So they were basically, like... Yeah, no, you are now the official forever mouthpiece for Pepsi. Like, in 80 years, when we learn the technology, we're going to do fucking holograms of Joan Crawford shilling Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. But they don't, they don't really, they, they, in this point, they're like, you should just cut us a check and leave. And she, she fights them because the answer is, I can't cut you. <laughs> I don't have money. But she says, right. uh, you think you're pretty clever, don't you? Don't fuck with me, fellas. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to go tell everyone that Pepsi is trash and that you did this to me. Joan goes to visit Christina in her apartment, and Joan's dressed like I Dream of Jeannie. Yes, it's very wild. Um, I guess to show, like, it's a different decade, or, like, it's not the... I don't know. Um, But uh, it's this very, like, simple little artist apartment. Mm -hmm. And Joan... It's a huge apartment for someone who's struggling. I mean, yeah, but, like, it's decorated it's a movie apartment it's yeah, yeah. it's movie code for i'm a struggling actor but this is like a two-bedroom right. joan gives her this like gorgeous set of pearls mm-hmm. and then like there's a line that like i i like it because it feels like joan's trying to be normal yeah because she said she gives her the pearls and and tina's clearly very like crying about it and joan's like if you don't make if you don't get the role tomorrow that audition don't hawk them like which yeah. like yeah it was in sweet. normal it was, world it was sweet is a fun, sweet little like nudge in the yeah. rib, but coming from this woman, it feels like. <laughs> ah! Meanwhile, Joan's drinking room temp vodka like a college freshman. Ugh, ugh! Keep your vodka in the freezer. <laughs> so Christina gets cast yeah. in a soap opera. Yep, yep, and uh, Joan is like watching the soap. Um, you know, we're drinking more room temp vodka in this scene. Like she has a in the middle of the day room temp vodka. Yeah. Um, and she, she's, she watches the soap for like, I don't know, a quarter of a scene. And then she's like, get this trash off my television. No. Cause I think, so she comes in late and then it goes to a commercial. So then they, they mute the yeah. TV and then Christina has an ovarian tumor and uh, has to be in the hospital and her, I, this is I real. I was waiting for this. I know. I was waiting for this part because I had, like I said, I kind of was skimming the the wiki for the autobiography, and I was like, 
if you told me this in the abstract, I would not believe that it was real and really happened. So I was glad that I knew this before I saw it in the movie because I was like, I would have been like, all right, hold on a minute. And I, it is insane that this is real. Like, that I can't believe anyone thought this was a good idea. Late 60s, Joan Crawford stepped yeah. in for her 28-year-old daughter on the soap opera. For like, for like a week. There's no surviving footage of the whole episode, but there are clips. Yeah. And then shortly after, she was let go from her role and... She always kind of blamed Joan, but the studio was like, no, Joan gave us a bump. Like, we didn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, also, it just kind of, like, is a weird dynamic. Oh, my God. That's weird. I also didn't know soaps were live back then. Mm-hmm. It's because it was like, cheaper. I know that's a joke on Futurama. Yeah, yeah. And then they went live to tape not long after this. Yeah, that's why there was not all the... tape. They were taped. The cue card and that all the, the way they were filmed. Yeah, it was all yeah. designed. That's And they still are filmed that same way, even though that's just not... They're not live. Yeah. Because I think I mean, that episode of use cue cards. I think that episode of Psych was live. That was the joke that like when they were on the telenovela, they had to do it live. I don't. I don't think so. I thought so because it was because she like couldn't break character, and he had to like warn her that the 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 nail gun was real or something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I yeah. I, I don't know that they did. I didn't know that they did a live one. No, the episode itself wasn't live. But he, they were on the set of a telenovela, and the telenovela was live. You're saying there's footage on the Psych television show that's for, uh, that is in a live telenovela episode that also aired. The kayfabe you're losing me on here. So, uh, Sean. Oh, 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 oh! In the kayfabe of the episode of Psych, yes, the episode Sean had to live. go got on it, and got it, got it, got had it, got to it. act on a TV yes, show. Yes, okay, I understand. Yes, okay. You I don't know correct. what episode, that is, but that is correct. I, yeah, what you said is accurate. Yes, that I one hundred percent. You there was too much kayfabe. Um. So Christina. And also, they also intimate that T- Christina didn't know that Joan was doing this. The nurse is like, "Oh, they just announced your mom's going to be replacing you," and she's like, "What? My mom's sixty. Like that's insane." And they turn the TV on, and it's happening. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. It, it, again, entertainment. No, industry. I wouldn't either. Yeah, yeah. So then she recovers and Tina appears on Joan's behalf at a benefit. And then Joan dies. Yeah, it's like real quick. I was expecting her to like rake Tina over the coals for doing a bad job with the award acceptance. Mm. I was waiting for that scene. And then we get another special light on Joan's corpse. Yes. It's my, that's my favorite one. Corpse. It's, a, yeah. it's just a halo of light funny. around her head as she's a corpse. Yeah. Uh, and then Carol Ann walks in and clearly like she's the closest thing that either of these people had to a, a, a mother in their lives. And they yes. are both very happy to see her. Christopher's here as well. Did you recognize uh, the actor who played Christopher? He was just on this this podcast. Not very no. long ago. It's uh, Xander Berkeley who plays the stepdad in Terminator 2. Really? Uh-huh. Huh. Not the husband, the brother, the older Christopher. He's only in this one scene. Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. And this is uh, so the age makeup on Carol Ann is pretty good. I was impressed. It's pretty good. It's solid. It's solid makeup. Yeah. Uh, also, they, so they go from this to the will reading. And I've noticed this. Uh, I've seen a few shows or movies lately that had a will reading and people are always holding hands in them. And it, presumably it's like they're supposed to be like supporting each other. They're grieving and stuff. But it always looks like they're going <laughs> big, big money, money, big no money, whammies, big, big money, big money, no whammies, big money, no whammies. Yes, yes. I think it's because they're always like at an up angle. Yeah, and it, it needs to be a down. It needs to be your hands are like casually on the arm and you're holding for some, not not up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is where with the you know I it is my intention herein to make no provision for Christina and Christopher for reasons that are well known to them, 
and um christopher says she always, she got the last word in as usual and, and tina goes did she it's this James of the Giant Peach ass ending. Like a Pete, Pete Postlethwaite needs to show up and, <laughs> and be like, and th- that is what you've just finished watching. Like, what the fuck is the ending of this movie? Are you shitting me? Maybe, maybe she will, maybe she won't. Get out of town. Jump off a bridge. What? <laughs> well, also, I like that Joan's other children aren't in this movie at all and aren't at this reading of the will. Right. She had right. twins after these kids. Right, right. Well, the, there's a very acrimonious relationship between uh, Tina and Christina and those those women, those kids. Cindy so and I Kathy. assume that's why. Yeah. But you could still put them in the movie. Like, they were there. Yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm going to ask you your thoughts since you are since you were the new one to this. <laughs> so I get, I get it. Like, I, I can objectively see how this, like, becomes the thing that it, it, it did. I totally get it. Like, it's, in, it's insane. But... I I did not enjoy it on that level because I just felt bad for the the two children in this who were just like we're you're just watching like it's like a it's like a hilarious tale of child abuse is sort of what <laughs> this movie is you know and so it's like I totally get like the Faye Dunaway stuff like it's the performance is lunatic level um the 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 like everything about this movie is bonkers it's like, camp every, every, it's every high single, camp yeah. Yeah. And I've also learned in the past like year that like I don't I think I don't know what that word means. And because like things that I would call campy, I don't think are camp. And I don't know if those are different and perhaps maybe not the, the identical to one another. So the, the big um, thing I that think I-, as a, I think as a straight man, I'm deeply unqualified. To yes. To, to determine what is or is not camp, which is fine. Um, but I have like a thing in my head for like I would call campy and I would like this movie falls into what in my head. I'm like, oh, this is campy. Um, so I just I I just think that I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is. And that's fine. So uh, the big explanation I always take for camp that I've I got from like like a girl in a YouTube video said it. I was like, that makes perfect sense. Because I also got no, uh, Susan Sontag's notes on camp for Christmas. I just haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a great video about what this move making this movie and what it did to Faye Dunaway and like all the stuff that was crazy behind the scenes. I think it's called like the aftermath of making mommy dearest. It's the channel's be kind rewind. It's like an, a 50 minute video. It's like a, like a real video essay. Yeah. Um, but like camp is thought of in terms of there's no, there's no depth or realism. It is in quotes. So it is not, mm. it is not Joan, but Joan or mm-hmm. like, it's not a chair. It's a chair. So it's this yeah. like, air quotes concept that is just like taken at face value gotcha yeah it's like it you know it's sort of like a supreme court porn thing of like i know it when i see it yes like things i you know things things that i have called campy i don't think are camp right like parts of evil dead 2 are campy yes like yeah like that that yeah a word is accurate but that movie is not camp right not as a whole but it's the those sam raimi understands camp i don't know if he i don't know if he realizes it but he understands yeah. camp. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. I, I get, I get it. I do not enjoy it on that level. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not like, it's not like Heather's where I'm like, oh, I hate this. And like, everybody I forgot you hate, hate it. Heather's. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not like, oh, everyone else is enjoying this in a different way than I am. And I, I see it, but I don't meet you there. Like that's for this one. It's like, I see it. I just don't, I don't, it doesn't land there for me. And so I just like, like I said, it's like, 
every time the kids were involved, I was just sad, you know, like when it's like she's cutting her hair off and the kids crying when she's beating her with the hanger. Like, yes, it is funny. Objectively, like it's a very stupid dummy and stuff like that. But then like moments later, she's like weeping in the bathroom, getting hit with a thing of soap. I just was like, I, 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 I can't laugh at this. Like, it's not hitting me in that way. But I get I get it. Like, I understand it. I just didn't. It didn't land for me that way. So, yeah. you know, I'll live. There I think the, I, 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 the key for me is always that, like, I cannot believe a movie this long has this reputation, though, because it is so much to sit through for this type of entertainment of, like, laughing at it. Like, the yeah. room is, like, 90 minutes, you know? Like, you're in and out of that thing quickly. I, it's bonkers to me that this movie is this long and has endured in this way. Yeah. I, I always, for me, it always comes back to the fact that, like, these people all thought they were making, like, an Oscar darling. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's, to me, a big part of why I enjoy it so much is, like, you all, how did you, like, Faye Dunaway, you have an Oscar. Like, right. you did network already. You're a good actress. Right. Like, right. what happened? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's the, the. I feel like I feel like fucking uh, who's who does um, Kathy Bates play in Misery? Uh, Annie Wilkes. It, like, I feel like Annie Wilkes. I'm just like, have you all gone crazy? That's not what happened. <laughs> Cockadoodie didn't get uh, yeah. out. She it's, didn't it's... have a cockadoodie wire hanger. <laughs> the, the 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 thing of it is is like. They thought they were making a capital I, capital M, important movie. Like, they thought they were saying something. Hitting those T's in important. Yeah. And it's like, you could do that, but you didn't. (laughs) It is possible to do what you aim to do, but you did not do it. Yes. So I think that's I think that's where it lands um, in that regard. Um, but like the best kinds of bad movies, in my opinion, are the ones where people are trying very hard and fail, as opposed to ones where people are like in on the joke. Yeah, yeah. Which is like the room is the the whole idea of the room is like it's all that it's just bonkers. You know? Yes, he he was he thought he was mad. earnest. Yeah, yeah. So I it, I get I get all that. I just uh yeah, 2 hours and 8 minutes is It's just too like, long. W- like even if you like this a lot, I think you would acknowledge that like it's a long version of this thing. Yeah. So I am surprised they haven't cut the like fun version and it's 90 minutes. Because who cares? Like the narrative is inconsequential to this movie. It doesn't really have one. I think it's because everyone has a different like favorite parts. So when you go cutting things, I, it's I, sort of like Yeah. You're kind of like, well, someone some fucking it dude out there is going to be like they didn't put this part. They cut this part out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, is anybody's favorite part where they like sit on the couch and talk about Christmas? No, probably not. Right. Like you could lose that. But you, like that's what I'm true. saying. Like you think that, but gays are crazy. Like yeah. some gay is going to be like, they cut out Christmas. And that's, that's, I laughed the most at that scene. And you'd be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also I've, I've, I've come to the, uh, the conclusion lately in, in the, the small snippets of gay culture that hit my radar that like, it's just meaner than me and that's part of it. And it's just like, that's fine. That's that adjustment. It's just, yeah. it is meaner than me. And I'm like, nah, I don't need that. Like, it's just, it's just, that's, I think there's a meanness inherent in the, in the enjoyment of the, that I, not that I don't laugh at, I just said, I enjoy laughing when people tried really hard, but like the, the, the meanness of the Joan Crawford thing, I think, resonates in a way that that doesn't in the room, maybe. A little bit. Well, I think Joan Crawford also was just like a gay icon. Yeah. I mean, okay. What? 
You you call every person a gay icon? No, no, I don't know how. Not in the facetious sense. In the in the truly like she she and Betty Dave like old glam Hollywood stars tend to have that like icon quality in the in the queer Mm -hmm. community. Like any time that there was a like a retrospective in the in the '60s where these actresses would show up on stage and whatever, it was a room full of gay men, just like okay, fawning over them. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the other funny little thing uh, tied into this movie, uh, the actress who played, I think it was young, the younger version of uh, Christina, uh, Tina, yeah, was in a Broadway show that closed on opening night called Moose something, Moose Antlers, Moose oh. something or other, uh, which I thought you would know, but I no, I, didn't, I missed that one. Not, it's like this infamous Broadway. It had thirteen previews, and then it literally closed. It ran for one night, and that was it. That was the end. Huh. I, I know Carrie is famously that kind of musical. Yeah, yeah. The one one night I think is among the fastest ever, but it was pretty interesting. She was also on an episode of uh, our parents' favorite Blue Bloods in season. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, look out for that if you're looking for more for older actress. Older Christina was in Pushing Daisies. Oh, okay. That she, makes sense. She played a nun. In like season in the oh that's that's kind of like wink wink I like that yeah I kind of I want to rewatch Pushing Daisies in general Is that show camp because I my answer feels like yes yeah yeah that shows camp qualified okay okay because it will it, uh, I think that's Brian Brian Fuller I'm pretty sure Brian Fuller yes. is a gay and he's not the creep he's no that's Brian Singer Brian Singer's Singer's the creep okay Brian Singer had the sex parties allegedly Brian Fuller is just a gay who's okay. creative. But Pushing Daisies is, is is definitely camp. So I'm guessing this is a recommend from you. It's yeah. not going to be a recommend. It's, it's, I, I will say, I know it's too long. I know that it's too long. Yeah. But yeah. If, if you like this kind of thing, if you're in the queer community, like it's just part of the lexicon, and it, would, it helps to understand some, let's say, like get some references. I think you know if you would like this or not. And like yeah. if you think you would like it, seek it out. It's like very easy to know that, I think. I would agree. I, like I, I, I could have probably watched it. I mean, I just watched it because I was like, I, I need to. Watch. I don't have a choice here. So like, I don't mean that like in a. In a spirit, <laughs> just like you're bullying me, Trip. He is. He is. Well, you're bullying me by waking me watch this movie. So like, we're, <laughs> we're bullying each other. Uh, but it was just like, oh, uh, you know, we. I'm watching this movie, so I'm just gonna put it on and I'll see what happens. And then I was like, two hours and eight minutes. Good. Did your great. fiance watch any of it? No, no, no. I did not. I was like, well, I no wasn't sure. Maybe she walked into the room or whatever. No, no, no. She rarely watches the movies for the podcast, so uh, I was not going to cash in one of my chips. On this <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like my boyfriend has walked through what I'm watching before, so I wasn't sure. She was like, "Huh?" Yeah, no, not in this case. Uh, yeah, so uh, don't forget to send us your listener request month picks. It's 856-DISSECT. Call in, leave us a message, let us know where you're coming from. Uh, check us out on Facebook or on Twitter. It's at Dissect the 80s on Twitter. If you'd like to say hello to us there, we always love to see uh, listeners out in the in the Twitterverse. Um, we will be back in two weeks with another AppSit Moa pick that I'm going to learn about right now, and it is... It actually makes. I decided to do another tie-in since since March okay. was tie-ins. Uh, we're going to do The Watcher in the Woods in 1980, starring oh, Betty I've Davis. Oh, I've seen this movie. You have I've seen this movie? Yeah, I have. I watched it a few years ago. Is it bad? Have you seen it? No. It's very boring. It's extremely boring. But it's only 85 minutes. <laughs> yes, but it is extremely boring. So I uh, we'll see how you feel about. I it. I may regret this decision, but I was like, it seems yeah. f- that's like a fun. 
you might like it because you liked that Guillermo del Toro that I didn't like. This is like which all one? Style Nightmare Alley? The no, the other one. The the oh, the Crimson walking. Peak. Yes, the Gothic one. Yes. Well, we've decided yes. somehow. I need I need to pull my my queer hive gothic, mind. Gothic. I think I think Gothic is a is a queer thing. I think like the longing of the Gothic stuff. I think because I. I believe I it. I also hated. I also hated season. I didn't even. I gave up after two episodes of uh, Haunting of Bly Manor. I, was like, oh, I love Bly Manor. Yeah, I know, and it's the worst. Uh, the worst of the two. Ep- like I couldn't fit it. I, I don't think it's. It. I, I mean, like, I, yeah, because if you're doing A and B, one has to be better. I think season one is yeah. better, but I don't think season two is bad. I well, I just told you. You I do. I, two episodes, and I was like, I'm out. This ain't for me. There's too much uh, logging. No, it's so good. It 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 is. The 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 threads that you're following, it's great. The logging that you're doing, the long looks across the room to people, the unrequited I think glances. Someday you should give it another shot because there's the We only have so many precious life. The twists and turns are so good, and the scares are good, and the story is good. There were there were too many people gazing longingly across a room at other people. <laughs> And that mirror ghost? God, that mirror ghost scared the shit out of me. I never even got to the mirror ghost because I only made it two episodes. No, 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 no. Mirror ghost is there in like episode one. Okay. He's the one with the spooky eyes, the black shape with the bright orange eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that now, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so you might like Watcher in the Woods. I I found it uh, lacking, but you're right. It is only 85 minutes. So you put your two movies together and they average. That's why I was like, I was like, also, I was like, you know what? This feels... This feels fair that we'll do a, a, yeah. a breezy one after my two ten. It's pretty solid. Well, we'll be back in two weeks to watch the Watcher in the Woods. Uh, until then, I've been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time, don't you forget about me. Dissecting the Eighties is a Chum Some of This production. Ow.